Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Truma. According to the Sefer Achinuch, Parshas Truma contains three mitzvos, two positive mitzvos and one restriction. One of these positive mitzvos is the very powerful mitzvah of V'asuli Mikdash, V'shachanti B'solcham, Literally, make for me a sanctuary that I may dwell in them. Now, I'd like to, first of all, present a basic machlokes as to how the mishkan, or the mikdash, which we had in the desert, came about. According to the Ramban, if you look at the book of Shmos, and we'll do this very quickly, there's a graph, and the the graph keeps going higher. In the book of Shmos, first parsha of Shmos, you have Hashem encountering Moshe at the burning bush, Moshe accepting the position. It might have taken a week, but Moshe says yes. We move on to Va'era, seven makos, and we're on our way. We go to Bo, we're out. Three more makos, we're out of Egypt. Now what? Well, we go to Kriyas Yamsuf in Bishalach. Can you top that? Yes. Let's go to Yisro, where we have Matan Torah, God's revealing himself to the Jewish people. And we're still going up, because we have continuation, God communicating with the Jewish people the laws man to man. Now what? Now the Ramban says the Jewish people tried. They tried to take the mountain with them, but they obviously couldn't, quote, move Har Sinai. So Hashem says, I'm going to give you the next best thing. I'm going to give you a portable Sinai, namely a Mikdash or the Mishkan in the desert. And just as Hashem communicated, spoke, directly to Moshe at Harsinai, so too would he speak to Moshe, and that way to the entire Jewish people, through the Mishkan. So the Ramban learns that the Mishkan is a portable Sinai. That's the mitzvah that we shall read, please God, tomorrow, the Shabbos, for Usuli Mishkan, and all the details of the portable Mishkan. According to the Ramban, the Mishkan slash the Mikdash, the and the the uh, mitzvah to build this Mishkan, is nothing but positive. Rashi has a different take on the Mishkan. Rashi tells you that if you look in two more weeks in Parshas Kisisa, right before the golden calf. Rashi tells you that this incident, the tragedy of the golden calf, actually occurred chronologically before this week's Parshas Truma. Namely, Hashem tells Moshe the mitzvah of V'asoli Mikdash V'shochanti B'socham on the morrow of Yom Kippur. The Egel was made 
on Shavasa Batamas months before. The Torah does not put it in chronological order because then we would be reminded that we have a sanctuary because we needed something physical, something tangible. So according to Rashi, and indeed the Sapurno, as I'll show you in a moment as well, learns this way, that the Mikdash slash Mishkan was not preferable. What would have been preferable was all over. Bechomokom asher askirashmi, as we find at the end of Yisro. Ovoilecha uverachticha. God would be available anywhere, everywhere. We showed we needed something physical, tangible. We have a mikdash. To both, however, the verse says, Vishokhanti bisokham, that I might dwell not in it, the sanctuary, and certainly he is, and the Jewish philosophers that had to answer the question as to how could you limit God to any one place when he is indeed all over, say, you're right, we're not limiting him, but that there is a greater tzimtzum, there's a greater degree of godliness God was able to put, to constrict more of his essence into this one place called a sanctuary. But ultimately, the purpose is Vishokhanti Bisokham, that God should dwell in the midst of all the people, in the midst, in the homes of all Israel. So that in reality, this verse doesn't only tell us that we have a mitzvah to build a Beis HaMikdash, which there will be the third one as well. We have a mitzvah to build in the interim Mikdash Ma'at, synagogues throughout the world for us to connect and come to his home. But in reality, Vishokhanti Bisokham, Hashem is saying, I want to come and live in their homes. I want to dwell in their midst. As the rabbis tell us, Ish Isha Shruya, Shechino Shruya Beneyem. Man and woman who live properly in accordance with our Torah, then God's presence is between them. Not just is the letter Yud found in the pronoun Ish and the letter He found God's name, Yud and He, in the pronoun Isha, but that the home should be prepared as a Jewish home. And therefore, I think for a moment or two, we should maybe speak about just as when one has young children, one child-proofs the home, meaning that it's going to be safe for young children to crawl around and they're not going to, quote, break things that are fragile and hurt themselves or swallow things that they shouldn't be eating at their tender age, so too we have to make our home an appropriate environment, a holy environment where 
God is going to feel, forgive me, comfortable, welcome in our midst. And so, I recommend that you take a look, interestingly, at the Sapurno, at the beginning of chapter 11 in Parsha Shmini, in the third book of the Torah, where the Torah is introducing the laws of Kashras, which animals we may <clears throat> and which animals we may not eat. And in his very strong introduction, the Sapurno follows the opinion of Rashi that ideally we did not need the physical sanctuary, but that now what the Torah is doing is that God is giving man the opportunity to make themselves worthy of the Shekhinah, and they do, he does so, Hashem, by giving us the laws of tikkun, enhancing, fixing, elevating, hamizonos, our eating, vehatolada, and our procreation, our living with our wives. And therefore, what we have in this week's parsha is the various kalim that Hashem tells Moshe to make, which he will later on instruct Bitzalel or Leov to make these kalim. And let's understand that as there was a Aron in the sanctuary, the ark, which was the primary and most important of all the vessels, so too every home is to have its Aron Kodesh, its home receptacle of the holy, namely to have holy books. A Jewish home is not only a Jewish home by having various books, including histories of the Jew, but rather you need the books of our destiny, the books that are going to perpetuate Jewish life. You need the Torah in your home. You need the commentary on the Torah. And each person, in accordance with their level, this person needs a shas, and when he finishes that, he needs the Yushalmi, and this other person needs the Rashi with a translation, that they'll be able to understand it. And so each person needs that Jewish library, which is included in the Aron. Then the Torah says there has to be a shulchan, a table. Now the table in the sanctuary was there for us to provide on a weekly basis our thank you to Hashem for His providing us with our sustenance and this was a vehicle for Him to bless us. Our table has to be a vehicle whereby one, primarily, kosher food is being served at our table. Two, there is the recitation of blessings at our table. Three, our table is going to be one, which is not only for our own immediate family, but the opportunity to invite guests 
And we're talking about not only the importance of inviting friends so that we are reinforced with our belief and our children have children to play also of a similar nature, but as the Torah tells us at the end of Parshas Re'eh in terms of whom you should have at your table, that you should have the Levi, the uh, Levite who doesn't have land, the Geir, the stranger, be it literally the convert or those persons who don't have their own homes or those persons such as the Yosom, the orphan, literally and figuratively, one who does not have and a connection to a Shabbos Yom Tov table, and the Almana, the woman who was unfortunately alone, be it literally the widow, a divorcee, reach out and bring to your table others that not only should your Shabbos and Yom Tov be special for you, but special for them as well. And the concept of not only having an Oron, not only having a shulchan, but the concept of a mizbeach. A mizbeach literally where sacrifices were brought in yesteryear. And today, not that we look upon tzedakah as a sacrifice, but it's the act of affecting and enhancing once again the lives of others. The gemilas chasodim is one way of doing it, literally at your table, and tzedakah is another way of supporting the mikvah, supporting the eruv, supporting the yeshivos, of making sure that the Jewish community is functioning in the best way possible. This is the way God is going to be welcome in your home. What a powerful parsha it is. Don't let the technicalities of all the aspects of the Caleb distract you from the incredible privilege of who is not only coming for dinner, but who is moving in, none less than HaKadosh Baruch Hu B'chvodo And we have to make sure that our homes are ready and appropriate for Him. We have to make sure that our computers are properly filtered so that our children who are growing up with all kinds of challenges about them, that they too are inviting Hashem into their rooms as well. Shabbat Shalom to all.